Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Podcast Network Asia. What's going on? This is Xavier Woods, a.k.a. Austin Creed. I said give me a hell yeah! Hey, this is Zayda Zay. Hello, WWE Universe in the Philippines. This is Charlotte. Talent is not sexually transmitted. You need to go back to the drawing board because your game absolutely sucks! Hey, everyone. This is Jeff Cobb. I'm Lewis Howley. I'm Sam Spoker. We are pretty deadly. Yes, boy. Yes, boy. Hello, my name is Zina Dragunov, the star, the NXT UK champion, and you're listening to the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. You're watching and listening to the longest-running weekly episodic Filipino wrestling podcast. This is the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Stan C, Romoran, Chino Liao, and Emil A.S.H. at your service for another Thursday live stream. And based on the comments, I, I think we need to say thank you to everybody who caught the show last Sunday and uh, were part of the raucous pops that we heard throughout the event. So thank you to everybody. You guys are the real MVPs. Lalo na mga nawala ng bosses. Oh. Your boy became a mark. <laughs> well, he has always been one. He never stopped being one. <laughs> oh, nga man. Ikaw, Emil, paano ka ba nag-survive at hindi nawala ng bosses? For those who didn't tune in to the yeah, um, audio only. Hindi ako nawala ng bosses because most of the time, yung mga chance nila, hindi pa ako nakakasabay because it's so, so, it's, Rowan, it's so random. Rowan did not have the courtesy to clue you in on what he was gonna do. I mean, he did. He did. He, he did. Naman, to be fair, I was sometimes. He didn't bring in the briefings and such. Mga chance niya. Because most of the time he would just start us. You know, like he would just uh, scream out a random chat, and then everyone will follow. Yeah, he he yeah. did that like all night long. So, um, I guess kudos to Rowan. Pero wala. There <laughs> What did you What did you feel about that? What What do you feel about chanting anyway? What are your thoughts on chanting? Hmm. Siguro yung mga normal chants I'm okay with, pero yung mga pero I guess that's also the culture of a, of a wrestling crowd. Yung mga random chants. Oh yeah. Na, you You yourself. What are your personal feelings on chanting? Because I've yeah, come to. Fan, it's yeah, should, yeah. It, it should be with context. In lang yung sa akin. Like ayoko lang yung super random na. Yung mga super smarts lang yung mga kakakuha. Yun lang. Ah, okay. Yeah, that's my feelings about it. Like, if there's a chant, it should be like everyone has a clue on what it's about. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, I also want to say thanks to everyone who gave me such a baby face pop last Sunday, which is kind of weird because uh, the the very first moment I appeared, uh, I tried my best to not be likable. So that was way more baby face cheers I got when I was an actual baby face. So thank you, everybody. Really appreciated it. 
we have a lot to talk about this week. We're going to be unpacking the WWE draft, a lot of news from outside the ring, tapos magba backlash predictions tayo because it's a pay per view weekend once again. The Backlash Premium Live event is on Sunday, Manila time, 8 a.m. paren, kasi yung, uh, San Juan, Puerto Rico. Uh, is in the same time zone as the East Coast. So 8 a.m. Manila time on Disney Plus. And uh, Disney Plus actually posted about it already. So, uh, you know, you're, you're sure to be able to catch it uh, on Disney Plus by then. And stick around or, or stay tuned because uh, in a few weeks, we might be cooking something up as we look for a new WWE World Heavyweight Champion. And we'd uh, like it very much if you could join us for that event that we're preparing. In the meantime, though, uh, we... We want to let you know about our growing Patreon community na alam na alam ni Emil what to say. So, Emil, have at it. All right. So, if you want to get the full Wrestling Wrestling Podcast experience, you could do that by subscribing to our Patreon at patreon.com slash wrestling wrestling podcast for uh, as low as $5. Or in our local currency, it's around 275 pesos. And uh, you'll get uh, all... You know, you'll get perks, you know, when you subscribe to our Patreon, the Discord, of course. You could be a part of our uh, Discord community where you could interact with your fellow podcast and talk about, you know, everything and anything under the sun. Like, of course, you got some wrestling talk, and you, but you also can interact with us and talk to us about anything like music, memes, fashion, sports. And there's also some watch parties. Um I am sure this may, I know there's, I think three uh, pay-per-views. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, 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 no. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, this weekend, um, Tempre, it's still on Disney Plus, so you don't really have to watch it. Watch it on Discord with us, but Tempre, we will be bringing that party vibe as we talk about the show um, in real time, starting at 8 a.m. and then hanggang sa matapos siya. And also we have our pasabais, which uh, dumating na yung uh, oh yes yung, yeah dumating na siya yung last time that we did it uh, during WrestleMania weekend. So if you want to be a part uh, of the next one, if you and if you want to get your authentic wrestling merch WWE, AEW, or any other wrestling merch that you like, you could get it through us, and you can also uh, experience the review content of the weekly wrestling shows like Raw, SmackDown, NXT. Dynamite and some local uh, wrestling events as well, courtesy of Rowan. And by subscribing to our Patreon, you are supporting everything that we do here on the podcast. So again, please subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash wrestling wrestling podcast where you can subscribe for as low as $5. All right. Uh, we're recording and uh, streaming on May 4, so a customary May the 4th be with you sa lahat ng mga Star Wars fans na nanonood at nakikinig ng Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Siyempre, may intersectionality naman between both fandoms. Now, uh, let's get to our first piece of news outside the ring. We're actually going to be tackling several um, missteps in the PR of one AEW. And we're going to start with the Britt Baker t-shirt. You know Sakta what we're talking ano. about right here. Sakta yung ano ni Glendale, eh. <laughs> yung uh, kanyang segue comment ah, na predict niya na yun ang una nating pag-uusapan so um, the internet is divided about this obviously domestic violence ang usapan when you see a picture like that especially without the context of the Brit Baker and Adam Cole angle with the outcasts and the JAS so I'm gonna start with you Emil what are your feelings towards this particular shirt? my feel my yung una ko naisip when I saw this shirt is that I am not this is a shirt that I'm not gonna wear in public. 
kasi people of course like hindi naman lahat ng tao nanonood ng wrestling hindi naman lahat ng tao may alam towards the angle that is happening on AEW TV so if people will see me <laughs> wearing this shirt outside they may think that uh you know they may think that i am a abuser or nanakit ako ng ng tao which is hindi naman so it's you know, there's there there's a certain wrestling shirt talaga na it really looks bad when you were in public but this one i think take, takes the cake for me okay okay uh chino where does this rank among shirts that are problematic Because this is by far not the first problematic shirt we've seen i'm going to get to your question in a bit uh, i just want to say that promotes is a strong word for this yeah actually you have th- actually have thoughts about this question per se, yeah it promotes is strong it's not like telling you to beat up women yeah the shirt is not telling you to beat up women okay first of all i'm not here defending domestic abusers what i'm here to defend is context and the idea behind the shirt which was i guess okay and and actionable when it was pitched there the execution was a little lacking right? so the idea at all was to throw Britt baker after she and adam cole were jumped in this uh sort of dramatic high tension scenario that chris jerk was sprung on the couple right and it was enacted in a safe environment that was scripted Maybe not the shiner, but everything else was done under professional uh, uh, stipulations, shall we say. So for me, if you were going to say that this shirt promotes violence, then paano pa yung 100 other times where men beat up women in a wrestling context, right? Like, how are we going to pick this shirt out of that and not talk about Bubberate up the power bombing divas in the 90s. Or Randy Orton deep punting Stephanie McMahon right in the middle of the ring or invading their home during that storyline with Triple H. wrestling, and I'm not defending the actions of this particular shirt, but I'm also just not I'm not a fan of things being taken out of context. I'm not a fan of outright outright uh, objection without first understanding the point of the uh, product. That said, I don't think it's the worst shirt. I mean, I've had shirts uh, that I've gotten in trouble for. Uh, I was wearing the Asuka shirt, which was very good, by the way, the, the original Asuka shirt. And somebody called me out on it on a train. Because I didn't get some context. It was just a half-naked lady on my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't understand that it was a female wrestler, right? So the context is always important, especially in in a media like in a medium rather like wrestling. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. Uh, sorry, a lot of things to unpack here. Uh, first is um, this question here. For those who don't see it on Spotify, the question is: Do you think this Britt Baker shirt promotes? It's not even Britt Baker shirt. It's the Outcast shirt. Trolling Brit Brit Baker, so it's not even her, right? It's not even her merch. Uh, it doesn't promote domestic violence. I don't think that was the idea. Uh, mostly because I also know the context of this T-shirt, and I don't mm. think there is uh, there is anything that promotes any one way. It doesn't promote. Does it promote domestic violence? Does it protect or you know promote against domestic violence? It 
is a terribly designed shirt that does not say either way. And that's where the problem is, you know. Um, the problem is it's a bad shirt because this image raises so many questions. And if your point by wearing it is to be provocative, then congratulations. But for the most part, wrestling fans don't really want to be provocative. They just want to wear a shirt that they think looks nice. And that's where the problem is. Um, you're going to get a lot. You know, like Chino said in his Asuka story, you're going to get a lot of funny looks about uh, this T-shirt because it's it has uh, a woman with a black eye on it. And whether or not you support that is really up in the air. Do you really want to go through that? Um, uh, do you really want to go through the process of defending this uh, design every time somebody, every time one single person raises their eyebrows at it? So um, that's where the execution failed. And that's what people are actually raising. That's the stink people are raising, actually, and not the fact that it's... Uh, woke or lack thereof. Right? So I think that's where the problem is. The people who are defending this shirt don't see the PR nightmare for the people wearing the shirt uh, <laughs> and the and the company marketing the shirt. Right? So uh, they think it's a problem of whether or not we're woke or sensitive enough. It's just that. It's not that. It's just whether or not you are wearing uh, a shirt that you don't have to uh, explain every time. What about the side that says that that shirt is triggering if you're a domestic abuse yeah. victim? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's also very valid. Um, also very valid. I think that side cannot be invalidated as well. But um, a lot of people are... I think you don't have to go there. I, I don't think you have to go there. It's, uh, it's a great solid point to fall back to. I just don't think you have to go there. You just have to... Uh, the mere fact that this red flag alone is here, it should be enough. Mm -hmm. All right. Any other thoughts on the Outcasts trolling Britt Baker shirt? I'm good. Oh, huh? I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I think we're all in alignment. Now, this is a really <laughs> terrible a execution. Yeah. 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 All right. Then let's move on to the next PR misstep. Uh, earlier this week, there was a tweet from Mike Coppinger of ESPN, uh, who, uh, for context, as Chino mentioned earlier, uh, is represented by CAA, which is the agency that Nick Khan used to work for before he uh, signed with WWE in 2020. So, uh, si Mike Coppinger followed up a report na mga 40k seats lang yung uh, in a lot ng AEW sa Wembley or yung bibenta ng AEW sa Wembley Stadium for All In. And uh, Tony Khan replied to that tweet. You can see the tweet right there, but for those listening on the audio-only version, Tony Khan tweeted, and I quote, the, the tweet is still up as of recording, by the way. He says, lies in all caps, what a load of crap, tell your agent Nick Khan to shove it up his ass, end quote. Uh, th this is pretty problematic when you have someone uh, <laughs> dragging Nick Khan out of nowhere, and uh, hindi naman WWE yung pinag-uusapan yeah, dito. Uh, so, I, 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 what do you think here? Again, Tony Khan, feeling ko... Feeling ko, feeling niya pwede niyang i-challenge si Nick Khan to like a street fight. <laughs> Nick Khan is a big dude. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's, that's the thing. He thinks he's in a promo and he thinks he can call Nick Khan out and Nick Khan is fucking using to put on tights and fucking answer back with a promo of his own. No, he's a businessman. This man child Tony Khan needs to work. Tayo na may pagbayad siya ng Twitter Blue. Wala siya pagbayad ng social etiquette. Love Nick Khan talaga. <laughs> Yeah, no. Uh, yeah. Uh sorry, Emil, go ahead. Um he acts like a I know, um 
I mean, for for someone who owns uh the sec one of the biggest wrestling promotions in the world, he should not be acting this way on social media. And he, sometimes he acts like a trolley for some for some reason. Parang hindi siya, he didn't grow up from that phase of, oh, of he did. his life. No, 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 no. He did. He did. I will tell you that he did. All right. He grew up. He grew up. He is an internet forum baby like me. <laughs> okay. Yes. Pero ano eh, for, for the sake of PR, I think he should let other people handle social media for Kasi ano eh, it would really look bad on him on a public platform. So, yun lang. Uh, he just needs better training, I guess, when it comes uh, to I don't, I don't think it's training that he needs anymore. Um, I think he is well aware of how he comes across on, on social media. And I think parang he, he uses it as a reason to believe for his fans to, uh, you know, to put up, put, you know, uh, protect and uh, take up the fight for AEW. I say, oh, yung ano natin, yung leader natin, Totoo siya, totoo siya. Ano, uh, straight talker, real talker siya. So, oh, yun. Support natin you know what? He, he, now that you mentioned it, sorry. Oh, he sounds uh. like wrestling Donald Trump. <laughs> exactly. Like. In, in a way. Um, there is, bali balita, I don't know how true, but you know, if you subscribe to our Patreon, you can get this chismits on our Discord every now and then. That He may be, you know, uh, a little on the spectrum. Uh, which can explain quite a bit, you know. It, it can it can explain why he is the way that he is. I don't know if it's true. I don't want to, um, I don't want to pass that off as fact. Only that it, you know, kind of lines up with how he behaves. Whether or not it's true, I do think that his, uh, like Donald Trump, like Chino said, I do think his Twitter needs to be taken away from him. Uh, for some reason, Vince actually is the better tweeter between the two of them. Uh, Vince somehow gets to tweet from like a PR position. But I think you want to know why? Because Vince has somebody doing it for him. I, I would yeah. assume so. I would assume unlike, so. Unlike PK. Yeah. So yeah, it's not just training anymore. I think he does need to control. And I do the problem because is if you're on it's like again, again like Trump, if you're online tweetings don't get consequences, then there's no real reason to um there's no real reason to stop it. That's why the P, uh, as Steven said here, uh sayang yung pag hire as a PR guy from WWE because um unless TK gets sanctioned for something, unless he finds out after fucking around, there's no reason for him to get his Twitter taken away from him. Right? So uh that's the thing. Um it's it's just sad because um people will glorify this behavior because it's petty and um people live It'll for that kind of drama. Genuine yeah, people, though, eh? ah. people will live for that kind of drama. Because, uh, you know, uh, it, it inadvertently fuels the flames of tribalism between WWE and AEW. So uh, that, that behavior is always, always going to get encouraged. So uh, we, can, you can, we can cry foul about it. We can wring our hands about it all, all week, all day. But uh, something else is just going to happen and we're going to repeat the cycle all over again. One last yeah, thing. People that, like you, that I just want to... That, that I want to mention about this is when the boss, the head honcho of your company acts this way online, it also sends the message whether anyone is conscious or not Nah, everyone else in the company can behave like this. Because if the head honcho can get away with it, then why shouldn't I be able kaya, to get away with it? Because it is apparently a culture over there. 
Yeah. Problema so, kasi dito, the, uh, wala siyang accountability din eh. I yeah, think that's, yeah. the, that's the real deal here. Tony Khan isn't accountable to anybody unlike in the WWE, which is a, a, public, a publicly traded business. They're accountable to their shareholders, diba? So in a sense, hindi na nila hawak yung business. Tony Khan is the top of the food chain. Top of the food chain, rather. And he's only accountable to himself. This is his trade set. This is his pet project. Anything short of that, wala siyang So he just does what he wants and he doesn't have to deal with consequences. And that's just the truth of the matter. Yeah, it's just really sad that he can press the oh, WWE shill button and then uh, people will defend uh, whatever he says because he will frame it as a war again versus uh, the other side. Yeah, I won't be surprised if he asks AEW fans to storm Connecticut. Yeah. Uh technically Sha uh, he should be accountable to the co-founder, which is his father, Shahid Khan. But I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know what goes on behind closed doors. about about the whole thing. Because you know, he has other businesses to run. Yeah. Yes, two sports teams, yeah. so, yeah. on top of AEW, that's right. So Anyway, we'll take a break. When we come back, uh, one last AEW bit na pag-uusapan natin. And we're going to talk about Trinity Fatu's move to Impact Wrestling. But first, here's a quick word from our other podcasts on Podcast Network Asia. All right, a related note to yung pinag-usapan natin uh, kanina regarding All In, which is happening uh, in London this August. So, um, yung latest report is that umabot ng 40 plus actually. Uh, medyo outdated na tweet from the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Uh, over 40,000 tickets na raw yung nabenta sa All In for the pre-sale. So, um, it's good numbers for any stadium, much less Wembley Stadium, di ba? But uh, what do you think about the mandate that they have to sell out itong all-in. Grabe yung sensationalist headline natin. <laughs> sell out or failure. Um, no, I, I don't think anyone is considering it a failure. It's just that when I put this Steps here... Steps to success, my, yes. Yeah, my question really is that do we need or do they need to sell out the 90K seats of Wembley Stadium for it to be considered a success? Is anything less a failure? Because for me, it's a success. I say like, that's that's... Huge numbers for AEW. Like if if all of these uh, pre-sales were the were one uh, completely bought out by the time August rolls around, and two, uh, all that's they're gonna get, I would still think that's a pretty good uh, pretty good house. Yeah, same. I agree. Uh, when we started producing comedy shows after the pandemic, we all went after theaters. Sergio uh, Oliero said. That the reason he started doing theaters because may acclaim regardless of how much sold out it actually is, and all his shows have sold out. But it doesn't matter how actually sold out it is. The fact that you're able to perform in a theater that's a thousand seats plus, malaking bagay na yun eh, because there's a there's there's a reputation that comes with that. The same thing goes for this very first show eh, by AEW in London. You know, they went after the big fish. They got Webley, and regardless of whether or not they sell it out, they you know, pack it up to the rafters, get those WrestleMania numbers like they want. Magkakaroon pa rin siya ng reputation now. Their first show was in Webley. You know, how are they going to top that? What are they going to do when they come back? But there's a thing that comes, there's a thing that happens when you do that. 
So para magkakaroon siya ng, ng development over the next few years when they continue to do shows in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a big deal just on the fact that they're in another country. Diba? You're four years into your company and then you uh, you don't really take your shows out on the road outside of the Dynamite and Rampage tapings. So for you to be able to take it for a huge event in another country, even UK is a wrestling fan base, you're still taking this four-year-old company to another country. Uh, I'd say that is a success in and of itself, the fact that they're able to sell these 40,000 tickets on the pre-sale alone. Yeah. So, ano, so considering uh, this is their first uh, major stadium show and they haven't even announced any matches yet, the fact that they they sold over 40,000, that's already a major success for me. Say, when you look at the stadium, you see 40,000 people. That's a lot of people. Like Some people are underestimating 40,000 people. I don't know why. But the fact that they sold 40,000 on their first two days of uh, the sale of the tickets, so that's a major uh, props to AEW. To Glendale's point here in the chat, um, if if they sell 90K in the matches, eh, uh, my my friend, <laughs> WWE does that all the time for WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> like they set they set quote unquote records in attendance and then the shows are always just you know at least uh eh. so uh why yeah, why is not, it any di- why is it any different here? We're not talking about match quality here. Oh we're exactly talking about attendance. Okay, yeah, but, yeah. Attendance is the name of the game. Because um, I don't care if if you put on the finger poke of doom 20, 2023. Uh, the, the point is you got tickets in the door. You got uh, you got butts in the seats. So that's uh, that is the bottom line for us in the business here. So um, yeah, um, it's just that there are some people who are saying that. If they said they set the bar high, they set the bar and we want this to sell out and we're not even going to reduce the seating for this for the stage setup. So that's pretty big. And I'm really wondering how much of it can be considered a success already. But I agree with all of you guys now. This should be considered a success now. Yeah. Uh, great point here from one of our patrons, Aaron, in the chat, who says, "Now, for comparison, Clash at the Castle drew sixty-two thousand people. Yun yung release the number ni WWE. Mm. So for AEW to be more than halfway there, that's uh, that's great. That's a great start, diba? Yeah, uh, Aaron, they're not closing any seats. All all of the seats uh, apparently available at Wembley are up for up for grabs. Yeah." All right, let's move on to our last piece of news outside the ring. Trinity Fatu is now part of Impact Wrestling. Uh, she showed up over the weekend, and uh, there was an article on TV Line that came out just yesterday where she shares that part of the decision to sign with Impact came from how she walked out alongside Mercedes Monet. And uh, it, it was because, and I quote, of the way that she was talked to and handled. Chempre, um, We've been speculating about this for a long time, ever since the walkout happened in May. This is actually the first time that Trinity has made any public comments about that incident since that walkout. So uh, I, I guess uh, it, it, it's still jarring to an extent to hear na yun nga talaga yung punut dulo nung, nung pangyayari. Yeah, it's kind of embarrassing then how people have still, you know, clowned them because they chose to walk out as though they knew the story. Because they said, you want to walk out without a reason. So uh, now that they actually commented on it, it's pretty it's pretty telling na, um, how the Vince regime really worked. I mean, we all knew, we all speculated it. But uh, again, there are stories like this coming out. And 
the people who were defending the company over this still kind of look silly once again. And I'm glad that Trinity found her place in Impact. Um, the reasons as to why exactly Impact will never know, but the fact that she is back with the company and doing uh, what I what I assume what she likes is uh, is a great ending for now to this chapter of her story. Yeah, uh, she even goes on to say in the TV line article that uh, hopefully you haven't seen the best of me yet, which implies that uh, you know, the peak of her career is still way ahead of her. Yeah, no, as one of the probably only Impact fans remaining, <laughs> I uh, am good. Impact has a great women's division, very stacked. So, and it's not the first time they've welcomed uh, a former underutilized WWE talent. You just look at Diana Perazzo and uh, where her career went. She skyrocketed ever since leaving Developmental or NXT. Tinyati Fatu has the potential to do the same thing here. In fact, they are already building up to her, uh, teasing her against Diana and putting her up against Giselle Shaw just as a way to promote her apart from her history with the WWE. Because we WWE it's probably the only place she's actually wrestled. Right? She was, yeah. uh, as she was an FCW developmental talent. So it'll be interesting to see how she fares in a different scenario, albeit not that different. Because I'm talking about WWE guys in that side of the wrestling world. But it'll be interesting to see her grow and develop and, and evolve from where she once was. Mm-hmm. Igao Emil, your thoughts on this move? Um, siguro ano, um, props to Trinity and Mercedes for having the courage to to walk away when you know, yung pagtalagang ano, pagtalagang gusto nila malis because of how they were being treated. Because because there's a lot of people who feels the same way, but feel that but they can't feel that they can walk out because you know, mawala sila, mawala sila ng trabaho, mawala sila ng kita. So for them to do this and then explore you know other other avenues to you know to to do their wrestling so sobrang believable sa kanila and wishing all the best to Trinity and i hope she can really make some impact there uh, on impact so. mm-hmm. wow look at you intending your puns <laughs> uh, i wanted to add one thing uh i've seen some memes already you know saying that trinity was quote unquote bad that the you know AEW or NJPW didn't want her, so she had to settle for Impact. Let's uh, let's cut that bullshit out. I know that Impact isn't like the biggest game in town, but obviously there was a reason, uh, a personal reason from her why she decided to choose Impact. I'm sure a former SmackDown Women's Champion would not have had you know uh, a lack of offers from big companies around the world. So the only thing so let's let's not base the person's worth on where they ended up in. Plus, di ba ano? Yung schedule ng impact is lighter than yeah. other companies. So if they're paying her a lot of money for a light schedule, then you know, good for her. Yeah. Uh, she did mention herself in the TV line article Nah, the rumors, the speculation, all the chatter online did take a negative toll on her mental health. So, you know, just to echo what Rose said, nah, let, let's just cut that out. Because very unnecessary to just pile on somebody, especially after what happened in the almost... Yeah, it's been a year, actually, since uh, Sasha and Naomi walked out. So, yeah, uh, let, let's let's be over with that. 
right, let's talk about the WWE draft now. And um, let's first uh, set, set the table here with some of the things that we saw over the two nights of the WWE draft. So the Bloodline, they're all on SmackDown along with the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. The women's champions next switch brand Silla, the Intercontinental and United States champions next switch then. No teams or factions were split up at all, even though part of the allure of the draft is which teams will be split up, which factions will lose a member or whatever. Uh, there were a lot of NXT call-ups. So I guess the first question is, was this a good draft? Chino? Uh, yes and no. Yes for the call-ups. Uh, I, I enjoyed the call-ups. No, because the status quo really didn't change. They basically just turned Raw into black and gold and it's then you didn't the drastic change that I and then everything else pretty much remains the same. They didn't they didn't split titles up, they didn't split split championships up. It would have been interesting if they shook it up for the story's sake. But they still just everything is still pretty complacent as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Sabini babyface producer Jasper Kulantau. And in what might be the first time a babyface producer actually commented in the chat while manning our live stream. So congrats, babyface producer Jasper. Emil, sorry. Um, for me, it was a good draft. Nothing earth shattering now, really. But for me, this re- this draft basically reinforces the brand split after weeks and months of people. Y- Yes, may brand split for them, but you got people from Raw going to SmackDown and then also vice versa. So for me, this draft just reinstated now. Oh, you may brand split. You're only gonna appear on this show, and you're only gonna or or you're only gonna appear on this show. So yun lang yung for me yung naging result ng draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I didn't think it was much to write home about. Like, okay, okay, it's a draft, but you know, the draft was still. It's you know, as Chino said, it reinforced the status quo. And like I had big expectations because um this is like Triple H's first draft, but I guess it's not really his first first draft since Vince is still looking over his shoulder. So I guess well um it's kind of disappointing, yeah, because nothing big happened. Um the the big selling point of you know partnerships being broken up. Stables being uh, shifted around did not happen. So, um, why was there a draft in the first place? So, sana kung if the biggest movements were really the NXT call-ups, then why couldn't it just have been an NXT draft? <laughs> so, um, it, it felt really weird for me, and it was kind of a whimper in what was supposed to be a big bang. I, say, I, I know they made a big deal out of it. I know Triple H was moving the draft from October, which was supposed to be the season premiere of Raw and SmackDown, to April, which is the actual season premiere for all of us wrestling, WWE fans, because after WrestleMania. And then well, that, it is pretty much same as the new boss, uh, same as the old boss. Para lang right. tong ano yung remember yung superstar shakeup from years ago. Yeah, para lang, yeah. <laughs> yeah, para lang to yung masup don kan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's go through the NXT call-ups for people who missed it. Uh, Alba Fire and Isla Dawn got drafted in the Hartwell. Uh, Apollo Cruz, JD McDonough, Zoe Stark. Uh, you also have Pretty Deadly, Katana Chance and Caden Carter, Cameron Grimes, friend of the podcast Grayson Waller. All three of in the share. And Odyssey Jones, you know what call up. So, Meromang na miss. Uh, yeah, for me. Did you say Indy? 
Yeah, I did say Indy. Okay. I mean, like, is there someone that you feel should have been drafted but did not get drafted? Ah. Ilya. I agree, For me. I agree with Emil. Ilya. Para yung mga NXT interviewees natin kompleto sa, yeah. sa WWE draft. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah, that, that is weird. I wouldn't call up JD McDonald's uh, over Ilya Dragunov. Uh, that is strange. But, you know, um, they're not bad talents. They're not bad wrestlers. Um, some of these guys are deserving. Uh, some of these are uh, need to stay down in NXT. Some of these uh, did need to get to the next level already. Not bad. I wouldn't say uh, a bad. The fact that there were a lot of NXT picks overall made it worthwhile for me. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Jones was a weird one for me. I didn't uh, see that happen. Like, I feel like he's because the, yeah. his push really kind of died. But so. Si Dante Chen, was he called up? He wasn't called up. No, he was not called no, up. No, no, he was you, not. You, 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 because of the main event match, uh, you know, could have won the shooter for Dante Chen. Uh, yeah. But yeah, um, uh, you thoughts got the NXT call-ups. Yeah, Von Wagner and Zion Quinn are apparently now on the main roster as well, but they're free agents. And then, uh, honestly, I'm kind of surprised that we have free agents, uh, aside from Brock Lesnar or Logan Paul. So, Baron Corbin, free agent, Cedric and Shelton, Dolph Ziggler, Elias, Mustafa Ali. Uh, yung kay Omos and MVP yun, at least in explained then alongside Brock Lesnar's. But yung nga, sina Von Wagner, Zion Quinn, they're free agents. And then obviously, yung mga injured like Big E, Alexa Bliss, Bray Wyatt, uh, Carmella who's pregnant. Um, you know, a lot of uh, other wrestlers on the main roster are unassigned, which is normal naman for every draft for yung mga injured. Um, eto, tanong ni Aaron, what do you think of this free agency concept that uh, WWE has introduced this year? Uh, no, no, I just wanted to say I, I don't know because I don't know how it's going to play out. Are they going to are they going to get segments on TV showing? OK, uh, uh, Adam Pierce, who is the lone general manager for both brands, uh, <laughs> will sign this guy to what? Um, a one one night contract for Raw or SmackDown. That was Afternoon, pwede na siyang... Okay, sana kung may ganung ano eh, sports analog, real-world sports analogs, but uh, even Triple H has not really gone that far yet, so I don't know. It doesn't seem like it's gonna be a good... Um, it's gonna be a good execution of the free agency concept. Is this just their in-story way of creating jobbers and good hands? Like, kailangan ng tag team partner ni ganito, or you're in a match against ganyan. It's, it feels very obvious for me that this is where they're going with these guys. Now, probably not Brock and Omos, sure. Then just last Agents of Chaos. But for everybody else in the bottom half of the card, I don't think it does them a service. To be fair, uh, when we saw the Heath Got Kids angle in 2016, that was actually a novel way of working around the free agency concept. Because uh, it was weird. Everyone was eligible to be drafted. But for some reason, they thought it would be funny that si Heath didn't get the draft at all. And I think uh, it was JBL or someone who's uh, spoken about this since. Na, uh, someone in the back thought it would be funny if end yung draft uh, one pick, uh, min- one pick minus everyone available, which is why Heath did not get drafted. And it turned into a very nice little story with Heath and Rhino eventually winning the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. And now Heath eventually got assigned to SmackDown. So for 2023, 
I don't know. I don't know if there's anyone they can actually plug into a role like that. Well, uh, I don't think it was meant for that role. I think it was just them stashing people because they didn't want to stick them in one brand. Like for Brock Lesnar and Logan Paul, I think that was a way to please again the networks who want you know a big star on yeah. both on on their show, which is uh, a big. Uh, political influence on this draft and on the on the brand split in general. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Any other insights from the draft that you want to point out? I I, know, I just wish na no, maybe in the future drafts, merong concept of trades like while the draft is ongoing. Like, but this uh, has happened that, before, like in two thousand four. Ah, to. Pero so meron, sana, meron dalawang general manager noon eh. Ngayon yeah, dapat, yeah, dapat, yeah, yeah, yun pa eh. Yun yung, yun yung, so, sorry. Uh, yung po, yung, yun din yung problema ko with this draft. The, the legends that are coming out announcing these picks na parang Raw selects, SmackDown selects. Who's doing the selection? Oh nga, exactly. Yeah. Isn't yeah. it just Adam Pierce? <laughs> why, why are they trying to make it a, a division when we all know it's just one guy? Parang yun din yung problema ko eh. I was okay when the 2016 draft, I believe, when they showed the networks represent uh, putting you oh, know. Uh, no, that was 2019. Uh, uh, 2019, 2019, 2019 yeah. yeah. That that made more sense because at least they were actually playing up the fact that it was the networks who wanted these rosters. Yeah, that that draft where the raw executives were so happy to get Natalia. Natalia. <laughs> but at least my war room, diba? I think that was the first yes. time we ever saw yeah. a war room yeah. in yeah. WWE. Nice, yeah. Yeah. They, should, <laughs> they should bring that back, you mga war rooms. So that there's a real concept na there's two sides na nagagawan for these talents. Yeah, I thought Triple H would be would you know would would take the time to flesh that out because he fleshed out a lot of things and let me know tasa expectations go for him, but no, guess not. Yeah. All right, so yeah, let's move on. We've got a PLE this weekend again. It's Backlash Sunday, Manila time, eight a.m. on Disney Plus. So let's start with Seth freaking Rollins versus Omos, which got announced a couple of weeks ago, despite. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Seth and Omos never having really interacted. Tapos kumabig uh, si MVP the following week to say na dahil nga magiging free agent itong si Omos, he wants to uh, give Omos the biggest spotlight ever by letting him have an opponent at the caliber of Seth freaking Rollins. Yeah, um, 
it's weird. They didn't have to do that before. They didn't have to announce the match before that explanation, parang I don't know what they were waiting for. That said, this is a tough choice. Um, but not so tough that I wouldn't pick Seth Rollins. Yeah, ako din. It's weird na they're putting this together so haphazardly. But I, I think Seth Rollins is being built up for a the that new title run. Uh, title. Uh, it's got to be him. So ako, yep. yeah, I, I believe Seth then. All right. Yeah, Seth also. Yeah, also the same reasons that uh, Gina said. Okay. Uh, for those who are just silently watching the live stream right now, you can feel free to uh, put in your picks in the comments. All right. Uh, you know, um, open season for comments and predictions here as we do every week. All right. Uh, next match on the card uh, that we have is Austin Theory defending the United States Championship against Bronson Reed and Bobby Lashley. Before I answer that, I just wanted to add, address Janelle here in the chat. He <laughs> says that it's the most random match in pay-per-view <laughs> history. My my brother in Christ, they book God in a pay-per-view. <laughs> uh, let's, let's, let's not go that deep. Okay, um, I, thought, I thought about this before we went on. Um, Gunther was uh, drafted to Raw. With yeah. the rest of Imperium and Austin Theory was drafted to SmackDown, while yep. uh, I think Lashley was drafted to SmackDown. Yes, and Bronson, Bronson Reed goes to Raw. Bronson Reed goes to Raw. So, I for that alone, I don't think Austin Theory is losing the championship. Uh, you know, just keep it on. You know, keeping it on SmackDown. You know, man. Yeah, for me, for some reason, I still think it's too early for Austin to lose the title. Say I haven't seen anyone nah I think should be next in line for it. So Austin retains. Yeah, same. Mm-hmm. Just to enforce the title switch. All right. Uh since we mentioned the team up of Shawn Michaels and God, uh, I must point out that it happened uh 17 years ago this week in wrestling history. <laughs> Seven backlash. Yes. yes, you were you were a baby then. I mean, oh my god. <laughs> April 30, 2006, Backlash. What it was Vince and Shane McMahon <laughs> versus Shawn Michaels and God. All right. Oh my god. <laughs> now that we've gotten that out of the way. Uh one more match here before we go to break. Um the Raw Women's Championship will be defended Bianca Belair versus EO Sky. Okay, uh, at least um, they were both on SmackDown now. Um, as much as I would want someone like Eosky to win, they're obviously they, they drafted Fox drafted Bianca Belair for a reason, and the reason is she is still a pretty great champion, all things considered. They're gonna have a banger match, but um, this is just a plot device for the eventual breakup of damage control. So Bianca Belair for the win. Uh also interestingly both of them uh are were drafted to SmackDown yet they're competing for the women's women's yeah, title. Kasi hindi pa naman nag, hindi yeah. man, hindi pa naman effective yung yung draft picks until after <laughs> yes. the backlash. And as much like I'm pushing for an EO singles push, but again, I said before it's not gonna happen while she is part of damage control. So I think we are more likely to head into a damage control breakup story rather than an EO uh, uh, EO title win right now. So Bianca retains. Same, just Bianca for all the reasons mentioned. 
Pero what if Io it, wins and gets a Randy Orton moment? Nah, she's the champion, damage control, celebrating, then Bailey turns on her. You know what? I would I would love to be proven wrong by saying <laughs> Bianca Belair. That would be like the best thing for me. Yeah. That would also be a good thing as well. Um, they have been showing over the past few weeks that Bianca has been kind of on EO's side uh, with regard to how they interact with damage control. So uh, it's just that I don't think that's going to happen because Dakota is also not on Bailey's side uh, with the little stuff. So... Uh, the turn is gonna be Bailey on the on the two of them, not the two of them on on EO. So that's gonna be tough. But you know, uh, there are so many different ways the story can go, and I I would also want to see that happening as well. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, let's predict the second half of the Backlash card after the break. So let's hear from our other podcasts right here on Podcast Network Asia. If you've made it to this point of the pod, then this is the part where we've got the audio-only conversations that didn't really make the cut for the live stream for time constraints. Uh, so let's get right to it and start with the 10th anniversary of the Bullet Club. So uh, we're recording this on May 4, and yesterday, May 3, was the 10th anniversary of the Bullet Club. It debuted as a faction at the Fukuoka Kokusai Center uh, in Fukuoka, obviously. Uh, and 10 years later, the Bullet Club basically became a platform for so many non-WWE stars to achieve the next level of their careers. The list goes on and on from uh, Finn Balor to Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, AJ Styles. Uh, for some, you might say Jay White, uh, David Finley, who's now the new leader of the Bullet Club. And I guess we got to start here with your first encounter with the Bullet Club. Um, as an idea, as a faction, because I didn't hear of them until like 2014, no profile nila. And uh, by that time, I made my first trip to Japan with my family, and I would actually see Bullet Club shirts already. And uh, not long after that, I began to look for my own Bullet Club T-shirt, which I would buy the following year. So, what was your first touch point with the Bullet Club? Um, I don't remember anymore. <laughs> it just um, seguro. After it was already around this time, 2013. Um, it was when NJPW was getting more popular around here. That was one of the main things was Bullet Club because it was all a bunch of people who were not Japanese except for one, Siyujiro Takashi. Um, and then it was cool because it was uh, it was Prince Devitt and then they got a bigger uh they got a bigger boost in notoriety because Prince Devitt was signed to WWE diba? and then it became AJ Styles Maganon. So um yeah you knew first I we got on the Bullet Club train as it was leaving the station, I would say. So uh I think that was when the rest of the world found out. If, assuming rest of the world nah, you were watching wrestling online and not just WWE on wherever you were watching it on TV, not just on Fox. So we, we brought Bullet Club shirts to Fox or we mentioned Bullet Club when we were talking about WWE on Fox. So that was pretty, that was the height of it all. Oh, I would see it occasionally. Interestingly enough, your introduction to New Japan was through the Bullet Club. Say, yes, I so. knew who AJ Styles was. I didn't know all the other guys. See, I know. See, Doc Gallows, fine. Because he was yes, yes. 
he was Luke Gallows, diba, in the WWE. So para for me, you if somebody back then told me that AJ Styles and and Festus were in a stable together in Japan, so disbelief So I Google them, read about it from time to time. I wasn't in into New Japan wrestling back then. Diba? I think my first uh, actual NJPW show was the Wrestle Kingdom 10. We were famous Nakamura AJ Styles match. Mm. So you don't don't go down that envelop. engross with the with the myth of the bullet club. Um ako, even though the first time I got exposed to New Japan was Wrestle Kingdom 9, I didn't I didn't really get into the Bullet Club hype. Uh not until it was mid-2015 and I was just starting to also follow Ring of Honor when they had that television show, uh, Destination America, and the Bullock and uh, the Young Bucks with AJ, they were like super over there, and that's when I learned about the Bullet Club. And then after that, I started to also follow New Japan around the time where also Shinsuke versus AJ, which also. Yun din yung introduction ng friend ko who's also a wrestling fan to New Japan was also that match. Shinsuke versus AJ. And then, you know, I follow from like uh from then I became a fan of the Bullet Club. Uh from the third from the Kenny's uh takeover of the leadership up at the Siguro when Kenny left. That's when I was really a, a big fan of, of the Bullet Club. Yeah. Uh there was a time in the local scene where at every wrestling event, someone uh, yeah. would be wearing a Bullet Club shirt. Yep. To the point that wrestlers were parodying the Bullet Club. Yeah. God. Oh my God. That was honestly, that was the fuck. Nope. The, the worst part really was the wrestlers uh, parodying the Bullet Club stuff because everyone fucking did it. Uh, I can't single out anyone because everyone did it. I, I I was the only one who didn't do it, um, and a few other people. But uh, there's no one to single out because yeah, there was some form of Bullet Club uh, parody merch. They people made their own clubs, which didn't really even make sense. Oh, uh, parang hindi, oh, to be fair, hindi lang naman din dito nangyari. Eh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. No, <laughs> kasi nung nangyari dito, medyo passe na siya. Oh, okay. cringy. Because at the height of the Bullet Club fandom and the Bullet Club t-shirts, okay, everyone had their own Bullet Club shirt. Like Stephen Amell had his Bullet Club shirt, right? But then when the local wrestlers and talents did it, it was like, uh, we're kind of like a year or two too late here. John, in the late 2010s, people were still doing it. There were some people who were still doing Bullet Club stuff. Bullet Club shirts. But I'm God. Um, I don't know. The, the some bullet... of it was pretty funny for me. Yeah, so no, no, una, no, una. Nung, kasi when, kanina, when he came out with Bastard Club, that was still yeah. at the height of yeah. the Bullet Club stuff, yeah. the Bullet Club popularity in Japan. See, si, I believe si AJ pa naman yung ano nun, yung uh, leader. Uh, leader nun, or si Kenny, either one of those guys. So, medyo okay pa. But, you know, people were coming up with Bullet Club, quote unquote, subgroups or you know parodies that didn't really warrant <laughs> anything because if I don't okay um you weren't you didn't have a fan base that really was called this club or that club so that was 
the worst part of it all. Because it's like, they're telling me that there's such a club. I found it weird when Rosa's club was turned into a thing. Like, yeah, you know, I I, I voted for Len. I have that shirt. You know, I'm it's and all. So. And like, when they did the whole Rosa's club thing, I was like, okay, we've really jumped the shark here. So uh, I, I didn't mind it. Because no, it's, it's inclusive for wrestling ang, fans. Ang, 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 ang lang is, I wish there, I mean, for that, for Lenny, right? Sana there was like a better... A more timely, no, a more timely reference that they could have used. Yes, nothing is, nothing new has been as iconic as the Bullet Club design. That's why it's so in, empowering and uh, enduring after all these years. But at at this point, even once Bullet Club fans weren't aren't Bullet Club fans anymore. So, parang, um, that idea came what five or six years too late. Siguro na, siguro may lang tayo reaction to the whole cringiness of the Bullet Club because yeah, over time, the Bullet Club itself has lost its steaming. Yeah. So uh, parang, that's, no, that's a good point. Now that then you've had from that point. Uh, that's a good point you bring up because uh, after Kenny left, um, it really all went downhill. Like They didn't really have that big Gaijin star uh, to hold up the Bullet Club, um, the elite were not there anymore. Jay White is still really not that guy when you compare him to Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, right? even Cody Rhodes and AJ Styles. So the it did lose its luster. You're right. Okay, uh, nobody really thinks much of it. Like yesterday was literally the 10th anniversary, and they didn't. And New Japan did not do anything big for the Bullet Club. Like there was no big match. There was no big segment. There was no celebration at the end of the show for Bullet Club because they weren't even the main event. So that's how that's how far they fell off when it comes to um when it comes to how they are perceived in the wrestling world. Yeah. Uh, can, can I just can I just share mm-hmm. can I just share my bullet club fandom here? Kasi, oh, okay. Sorry, sorry. Um, <laughs> there, was, there was a point na the bootleg bullet club t-shirt. And yeah, or <laughs> I don't know how many straight like uh wash days uh, school I wore that <laughs> every Wednesday and every uh, Saturday. And I tried to make too sweet a thing amongst my friends. It did not work though. But <laughs> it, it was so fun. <laughs> it was so fun being a Bullet Club fan. But it was of, fun getting no soul. You mentioned this and I think this uh, is worth, uh, noteworthy for me at least. My brother and I actually used the too sweet to do the side of to do the peace sign in church. That's the thing we started doing. <laughs> it's a unique little handshake. Uh-huh. And you know, and he's the only guy I do it to. I don't do it to you guys. I don't do it to my other wrestling friends. It's only him. Because he and I are like the biggest we are we are fans of both wrestling and each other. And that's why we do it as a sign of respect. So that part, that's what that's what the bullet the has contributed to my life. And it's a little bit sentimental for me. Okay, uh, that, that wasn't yeah. from the NWO. Yeah, well, just kind of the the Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because you're it's you're all... like a veteran wrestling fan. Too. Yeah, like it could have come yeah. from the NWO, but you attributed uh, no, to the no, Bullet no, Club. No, I think no, it was definitely uh, uh, ah, okay. a Bullet Club. Okay, okay, okay. okay. And the question for Anna, for the, everyone around the table: How Sorry, many Bullet Club shirts do you own? Emil has something to say first. Sorry, Emil, go ahead. No, they kalimutan ko sabihin because um one of my best friends now, he's a big wrestling fan, right? And then before, hindi di pa kami magkakilala. But he not like one time he noticed me wearing a wrestling shirt. Mm. Tapos after a while, he decided to 
ano, na, uh, interact with me on Facebook. And then, oh, he's a big-time wrestling fan. And then I swear, the first time that we ever interacted, I threw up the two-seat sign and he... You know, he answered back and we became best friends ever since. Not even kidding. That's like the first interaction we had. So shout outs to you. You know who you are. Wow. Wow. I don't fucking I'm gonna name him now. Bing, if you're listening, uh yeah. You're my yeah, you're my dude. I would be surprised if he said it was Jake Quake so so fun. All right, uh, back to the question before Emil uh, shared that story. Um, how many Bullet Club shirts do you own? And I guess this includes your mga spin-off shirts from like the, the different subgroups or subunits of Bullet Club. Just one. Just, uh, just yung pinagawa nating bootleg sa dating estafador. I think that's... Uh, I'm not going to sell that. I, I think I have about three. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. So yeah. No no, I, no no no. I just wanted to say that um there was a time nung nung yeah. yung, nung popularity ng Bullet Club like uh that guy made an entire had yeah. an entire batch of Bullet Club shirts made for us uh <laughs> PWR roster members at the like time. Like 200 pesos. Yeah, that that's how that's how big it was, you know, and we have a picture of that that I still have I, somewhere. Yeah, yeah, I think I have, but I don't really have a Bullet Club, Bullet Club shirt. Mm. I have the Vigilante Club, which is mm. Stephen Abel's. Yeah, I have, I have the, that too. I have the Ross's Club, uh, which I wore to a few shows for Danny. And then I have, I think I have a San Francisco Club shirt. I think it's San Francisco yeah. Club. I, I, it's it probably, <laughs> I might be mistaken, but they did put out the shirt uh, during their first uh, San Francisco show. Ah, okay. It might mm. have said something else. It's probably ah. there. Can't remember. Um, I just had one. And then, because... My father, like that trabaho siya. They, yung business nila is like printing, printing t-shirts. So mm-hmm. pagwala ako dito. That was my only one. Yeah, I, I, I'm surprised to count that I have five pala. So I have Amel, <laughs> Cody, Jericho, uh, uh, AJ, and then yung bootleg Bullet Club shirt from the Estafador. So. Man, the, the moment people started coming out with their own Bullet Club shirts. That was like, okay, I'm I'm not gonna buy, I'm not gonna support any other Bullet Club shirt. Cause say it's God. Anyway, sorry, I already said my feelings on that. All right. Uh, any other things you want to say about the 10th anniversary of the Bullet? Club? Yes, there is one thing I would like to say. Uh, I wish they would end it already. Cause say yep. nobody is buying into the Bullet Club anymore. Not even you. Sorry, not even you. Impact uh, subunit. Not even Bullet Club Gold. Nobody. I don't think anybody really. Uh, cares for the Bullet Club brand as a whole. If you must stick together, then rebrand yourselves. It's not cool anymore. It's just holding on to uh, whatever shreds of um, of credibility that name once had. They're now the NWO 2000s. Yeah, I guess. So. Version, yeah, yeah. All right. So there. Uh, that was our uh, tribute slash um, lamentation. On Dog show. The Bullet Club. <laughs> Right, uh, more NJPW stuff. Uh, NJPW announced that uh, they are introducing the Strong Women's Championship and there will be an inaugural tournament. Um, this is probably for Mercedes, right? Even though tapos na yung contract niya as is. No, uh, uh, here's the thing. Um, when she lost the, the IWGB Women's Championship to Mayu, she had not re-signed yet or they did not know that she was going to re-sign. And then she re-signed. Uh, with New Japan. So, because 
she couldn't get the championship back, they made this instead for uh, the American side of New Japan. So I believe this is a way then to keep her resting for New Japan, even though she is in the States. And um, as mentioned earlier, um, Mercedes was also spotted watching the impact taping in which uh, Trinity debuted in. So Gina speculated earlier offline that uh, this could be a way for her to get booked on other promotions. So uh, if you keep Mercedes in the States, then that will definitely be uh, an inevitability and not just a possibility. And it's also a little bit more enticing considering the working relationship Uh, New Japan has with other promotions. You have a top name star in Mercedes Monet holding your first ever women's title. Mas papanoorin yung pay-per-view that she appears on or even competes in. So... Yeah, I guess yes, in a way, but there might be they might be setting it up for her. Uh, but I mean, I won't have a problem with that. She's great. All right. Yeah. Uh, you Emil. Any thoughts? Have you been following the NJPW strong side of things? Um, as long as Mercedes stays on New Japan, I'm I'm good with. I'm okay with. So it's understandable, naman, that she can't she can't be in Japan for long time. But this, I think, this allows her to work. More US dates, but I really wish she could also work more Japan dates because it's talaga when she competes over there compared when she's competing in US. So, but for the meantime, I'm perfectly fine with this one. All right. So, there, uh, those are our thoughts on Bullet Club turning 10 and the Strong Women's Championship. As always, if you have any that you'd like to add to the chat, then hit us up on Twitter and on TikTok at Wrestling2XPod. All right, uh, before we proceed with the rest of the Backlash card, uh, let's address this comment here from Bruce. Okay, uh, Bruce says um, they hope uh, he hopes that you know they would just stop doing the title switches where uh, the other drafts, uh, the brand drafts the other brand's uh, champion, tapos uh, the other brand does the same, and then they just end up switching the titles. Um, I don't know how else you would rather do that, man. Like, um, these are literally the champions. And uh, unless you are booking uh, your own brand's contender versus the other brand's champion, which they did not, um, there is literally no other way to, you know, uh, keep or retain these championship reigns. And you know, have it make sense. I feel like, um, I feel like your problem is with how they do it, where you just, um, they end up switching the titles uh, physically in front of everyone. And sometimes it doesn't go or it doesn't feel ceremonial. <laughs> so um, that's uh, the, the fact, the, the issue of uh, switching the championships physically is not the problem. It's just that I think you want it done in a serious way. So I don't know how else you want them to address that. There's a there's uh, also a comment from Glendale earlier na nakita ko and he asked will Bianca go back to yung if there's a tight if there's a switch no is that considered a new reign and uh magiging ano ba yung because she has been champ for over a year now so how many how many days is that 300 plus days yeah so 399 mapupu- days by backlash so mapuputol ba yun doon or Despite the switch, the rain will still continue. So those are the questions that I think valid naman itanong, I, I guess. Okay, I uh, I'm yeah. looking at Wikipedia right now. 
kasi yun lang naman yung parang pinaka-source natin dito. Uh, according to Wikipedia, Becky Lynch's Raw Women's Championship reign, which ended at WrestleMania 38 when Bianca beat her, uh, is a continuation from the SmackDown Women's Championship. Okay, got it. Alright, that's yeah, good. Uh, okay. That makes sense to me. Yeah, so there. I, I think uh, it, it's just one continuous reign. Tapos nag-switch na lang ng championships and then the reign just continued from when it originally began. Yeah. yeah. It's a uniquely wrestling problem. Yeah, it is. <laughs> maybe maybe, maybe Bruce really... Just, maybe what you really need, Bruce, is like a big super serious ceremony where, uh, I don't know, some pyro happens. And, uh, yeah, sorry. No, your, your whole point of switching the champions is usually down to metrics, eh, Yeah. Uh, like the reason the reason Bianca is on SmackDown now is because Fox wanted her on SmackDown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The reason Gunther is on Raw now is because they needed a fresh face in Austin Theory on a Fox show. Diba? Really, you're really gonna get down to the meta narrative. You're talking about the championship switches. Eh. Yes, it sometimes it looks weird. Bruce I mean, sorry, wait, wait, I'm gonna correct myself. Uh apparently the rains did not continue. The rains oh. ended. Sila. So October 22, okay. 2021, uh was when the Becky and Charlotte title switch happened on SmackDown. So according to Wikipedia's rain chart, uh a new rain started when they traded championships. Hmm. Okay. That's okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, as Chino said, it's a uniquely WWE problem to have because WWE has two different networks and <laughs> they just have to book around uh, the whims of the networks. Yeah, <laughs> there. Thanks for making us explore that because I never would have thought of it until you mentioned it. So uh, uh, at least may natutunan tayong bago. Hmm. Right, on to more predictions for Backlash. Rhea Ripley and Zelina Vega, they're taking on each other for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Uh, Zelina Vega is the hometown hero here since Shayung uh, of Puerto Rican descent. Any chances of Zelina walking out with the title here since she is going to SmackDown with the rest of LWO? No, and that's where the draft <laughs> informs a lot of the story uh, story happenings um, here. I, I wish they did the draft after Backlash. It felt like that would have made more sense. But at the young at the spoiler natin for for this show. So um even though we didn't need that to know that Rhea wasn't going to lose the championship to Selena Vega even if it's her hometown, diba? So uh well, Rhea wins. Mommy wins. Yeah. No, I I feel like Backlash in Puerto Rico is a good showcase for all the Puerto Rican talent, the Boricua talent that the WWE has. But at the same time, I feel like in this scenario, Emil, do you doubt mommy? No, we everything's because my my wrestling logic always tells me the champion will not lose uh their first title defense. So uh Rhea will still be the champ. Okay. Don't let Sasha Banks hear you. Don't let Christian hear you. Okay. <laughs> All right, moving on. Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar. Uh, people were saying that the presumptive main event. I'm not sure if uh, this is the main event. Uh, it probably is. So, and in two questions, who wins and is this the main event? I would not make. I know Bad Bunny not the main event in Puerto Rico. Like that's that's yeah. asking for trouble. 
Yeah. Kaya si Damien Priest yung kalaban mo. Like, that's fucking yeah. Damien Priest is Boricua. He's from Yeah, Puerto I know. Rico. Exactly, exactly. But he's not Cody Rose or Brock Lesnar. That's why people would assume that this match is the presumptive main event. So, um, uh, I would, you know, I would put the biggest Puerto Rican of all time <laughs> in the main event. So, um, that's the answer for question number two. For this, um, I said it before when they started building this story, when they started, when they literally ignited the story. Um, the the loss to Roman was one thing, but you can't keep giving Cody L's. And I feel like even if this is Brock, they gotta they gotta do they gotta do him a solid and have him win against Brock here. I say otherwise, I don't know. <laughs> Cody wins. It's interesting that you say that. Uh, on one hand, yes, Tava, uh, Cody needs to win, but then on another, how in control of Brock? Is this Triple H regime really like? Are they able to convince him enough that he should take the L against Cody? Because we all know Brock is very selective with who he takes the L to, right? And and who he works with. So I'm, I'm kind of begrudgingly gonna have to say Brock here, just because he's also not had the best matches recently. The by one by DQ to a boss for some reason, which is weird. I lost. Like DQ to a boss for some reason, right? So, mm-hmm. parang, in this scenario, I don't know. If they want to reinforce the whole monster Brock again. They probably might give him a win. Okay. Before Emil answers, I, I, the reason why I asked if this is the main event is because, right? Yung uh, the root of the conflict here is Brock was apparently upset now that he opened WrestleMania Night Two and wasn't anywhere near the main event. And Cody was in that main event against Roman Reigns. So, like, that was the reason why he attacked Cody. Okay. Uh, 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 I don't see how that has to do with uh, his, you know, with what Sheena said uh, about, you know, how he chooses who he's going to lose to. So, I don't see how that in-person, in-character sto- uh, explanation uh, would change the fact that Brock needs to lose to Cody. No, no, no sorry. I was saying that uh, ah. regarding your question, uh, is this match going to be the ah. main event? Ah, okay, okay. Ah, okay. Mm, uh, it makes sense to me, yeah. Um, pwedeng ito, pero I, would, I wouldn't go against not uh, uh, putting a big Puerto Rican like Bad Bunny on the main yeah, event. Yeah, for from what I know about Puerto Rican wrestling fans, they are pretty, uh, let's use the word, passionate. But that no. stories coming out of Puerto Rico that binabatas na ng mga bote wrestlers. <laughs> so it's like in, in back in the 80s, even as the, as late as the 90s. Diba? I don't know if that's changed recently, but do you really want to test that theory out in, in Puerto Rico against the biggest music superstar of all time? Like, I don't know, man. It's it, it's pretty strange if they're gonna short if they're gonna shorthand uh bad body like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, Emil, who wins this one? Cody or Brock? Um, honestly, the idea of Cody losing another big match uh, is kind of interesting. But you got to give Cody some W's oh, here. Because exactly. <laughs> he's, been, he's been taking L's uh, since Mania. So I'll go with Cody here for the win. Yeah, we, we don't want to see another rubber chicken next to Cody. <laughs> All right, yeah. next up, six-man tag. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn alongside Matt Riddle take on the Bloodline. Thomas, you're going to go main event over, over Cody and Brock. But, you know, uh, I think Cody has earned his main event status. Then. 
for this, again, it's like what I said nung ano, nung about last week's tag team championship uh, match, rematch. Uh, the whole thing about the Usos split from the bloodline is contingent on them continuing to lose. Diba? So uh, I think we've seen them win enough. This is their uh, backslide period. So it, I think it's easy to give the faces here uh, the W. Mm-hmm. Same. The yeah, for all like story wise, it only makes sense. It only makes sense for them to lose. Cause if they win, they hit the Kuba Zero one sa kanila, di ba? Oh, di ba? It negates it negates the last month of of storytelling. Uh-huh. So, you want them, you want to see them lose, cause you want them to get to the point wherein. They do a turn or the story changes. Okay, let's maybe change you... the question then. Is, is this where Solo turns on his brothers? Ah, okay. I think so, yeah. I think Oof. that is... They, they have strong. been building up to it, yeah. It's a strong case, yeah. Okay, strong okay. case. Emil? Um, to answer the question, yes, I think this will be... This will be the moment where Solo turns on his brothers. And aside from that, the babyface should win. And... I think this should be it for Owens and Zayn versus the Bloodline story because now they're se- they're drafted separately. Owens and Zayn are on Raw. They should now begin to take on more challengers for the titles instead of still being involved in the Bloodline. Because for me, they've already finished their story against the Bloodline. So, uh, so yun. yeah, baka ano dito na rin magsimula yung conscious uncoupling of the undisputed tag team championships. Sana, sana naman, diba? Mm-hmm. All right, oh, finally. A new set of championships. Oh, the World Heavyweight the world. Tag Team Championship. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if we're going to have WWE Heavyweight Tags, we might as well have WWE Junior Heavyweight uh, Tags. Yes, exactly. Dati ko pa sinasabi yun, eh. Nung panahon pa ng 205 Live, eh. But anyway. All right, uh, the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast preferred main event. The San Juan Street Fight between San Benito, Bad Bunny, and Damian Priest. I mean, it's Bad Bunny. <laughs> Are oh, you really going to have him lose? I'm going to say I want Bad Bunny to lose because Why? he has been having such a <laughs> great life. Let's take the band down a leg. You know what I mean? You can't both headline and date Kendall Jenner and fucking be the best-selling superstar in uh, music history. Right? It's not like that. It's not like that. It's not like that. It's It's not like that. It's not like that. It's not like that. It's not <laughs> Would you? I mean, yes, Damien Priest is the big scary wrestler, but have you seen Bad Bunny swing around the candlestick? I think he's gonna lay it in really, really, really hard. So, Piniko may dahilan naman, or it's gonna be believable rather how Bad Bunny ends up winning. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for me, it would be a fun street fight, that's for sure. And giving Bad Bunny the win here wouldn't be such a bad idea considering hometown. Naman to eh. And 
the the street fight, the no DQ You're stipulation. You're saying that like David Priest isn't from Puerto Rico. <laughs> He's also from Puerto Rico. But also, but, San Juan is not Bad Bunny's hometown. Far I from it, that. actually. He grew up uh-huh. in a small yeah. neighborhood outside of San Juan. Okay, suburb, suburbs. The no DQ, the street fight stipulation, allows them to have interferences and shenanigans. But that would make a Bad Bunny win okay and for Priest to not lose his credibility losing to a non-wrestler. So let's, let's not forget yeah. that uh, the LWO has been taking so many L's leading yes, up to this. Pa, so. Uh, so they will get their revenge on the Judgment Day somehow. Yeah, they're going to get involved. Judgment Day is yeah. going to get involved. Ito ah, hindi saan nagsasalita ako ng D-tapos, pero baka magbuka tayong gago on Sunday when this match is the opener. I mean, you know, okay lang din. Again, do you really want to take that risk with a crowd known for throwing actual bottles of piss at uh, wrestlers? This is, a, uh, this is recorded wrestling history, guys. I don't know. Yeah, Freddie Prince Jr., who is also Puerto Rican, has uh, told stories like this on his podcast. Uh, hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, people in the comments, people listening to the audio-only version, let us know if you think uh, Bad Bunny versus Damien Priest is it? Is that gonna be the main event? What are your predictions? Anything you disagree with? Some mga sinabi namin dito sa podcast. Let us know on TikTok and on Twitter at Wrestling Two X Pod. For now, let's get to some plugs. Chino, anything you want to plug? Yes, I have five shows happening this May. but all of them you can see on my Instagram, and the tickets will be available at ComedyManila.ph slash shows. Please support local stand-up. And dami ding wrestling fans, Chad. We live for the live audiences. We want to see you back in the seats, just like we want to see you back at the viewing parties. It's all fun and it's all very affordable. ComedyManila.ph slash shows. Alright. Uh, Ro? Uh, I got a new project coming up, which I will reveal next week. Uh, but before, I mean, other than that, uh, you guys can still support local wrestling if you miss the fun show, which we mentioned at the top of the show, uh, featuring Tajiri, Yappy, and you know your favorites and Stan here who made his comeback to the wrestling scene. All you got to do, uh, the episodes will start streaming on Gank next week. All you got to do is to subscribe uh, to the MWF Gank profile, uh, manilawrestling.com. So like $10 or around $600 something pesos. Uh, you can pay via credit card, debit card, or even GCash. So there are so many different ways to pay if you missed the sold-out show last Sunday. You know what I mean? And you know, follow us on TikTok at Wrestling2XBot. And if any of you want to debate uh, Emil here on where Dylan Brooks will end up, where can they find you, Emil? All right, so you could uh, find me on TikTok at the email underscore Meister. I just uh, post sports opinions there, especially now that the NBA playoffs is ongoing. And you can also follow me on Twitter and you know debate me there on you know, on Twitter. At actually, people, are Meister. people actually debating you? Um, there are people who ah, okay. no, FB, but FB must. FB, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 really are so my child. <laughs> Graduate nami jan. Ten years ago, we were there, Emil. It ages you real quick. All right. Uh, yeah. From from my end, go check out On Deck with Stan C. I'm about to end season five in a few weeks, but I had an episode come out yesterday featuring Indy O'Connor, formerly of Mellow 94.7. She was also Samantha on the phone. 
for those of you who used to listen to Voice Night Out. And if you're old enough to remember Campus Radio, then you might remember Hot Mama Maria, their sexy traffic reporter. Uh, that's also indie, so she opens up about that and about the retirement of the Mellow 94.7 air staff. Uh, something that I've known for quite a while. So she's very, um, very open about that, actually. And you'll get to hear the story over on that episode of the podcast. Uh, for everything else we do, you can hit us up individually at Chino Supersize, at Monday Night Rowan, at EML underscore Meister, at Rowizwar, and at underscore Stan C. Thank you always to everyone uh, who keeps on subscribing, sharing, streaming uh, the show, letting people know that we exist. Thank you as well to Babyface producer Jasper and everyone at Podcast Network Asia uh, for all of the, the work that they do behind the scenes to help support the podcast. We'll catch you again next week. Marami tayong episodes na record next week. Uh, do we already want to plug the big guesting we nailed? Uh, pwede. Why not? Why the fuck not? Yeah, yeah, so yeah so he has a big he has a big week coming up next week. So that's right. And part of that big week includes an appearance on the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Friend of the pod, Robbie Eagles will be back on a special audio-only episode of the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Let us all pray to our favorite deities that Emil and Rowan do not cream their pants during the Let's interview. Let's go, Koya Bird. Let's do it. <laughs> all right. Uh, we're going to get out of here and we'll catch you again next week with the audio onlys and the live streams as always Thursdays at 7 on Facebook and on YouTube. On behalf of Chino Liao, Emil A.S.H. and Romaran, my name is Stan C. Saying stay safe, stay healthy, and don't be a dick. Wrestling Wrestling Podcast out. Bye-bye. Peace. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. 